pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 299. Today I'm going to chat with Mercedes Reber from the Fellows Chop Shop, discuss the largest outright gun ban in U.S. history, highlight another new 5.7 pistol from Ruger, and talk about what not to do if you lose your cell phone. I'm your host, Ava Flannell. Mercedes, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Ava. I want to just know if I'm the only one who does this or if you do this as well. And I hopefully listeners can relate. But this morning, definitely didn't want to work out. I haven't worked out in like two weeks. And I was just sitting there exhausted, pounding coffee. And I'm like, okay, I need to do it because I'm exhausted. Like lately, I'm just so tired. And it, it probably is because I'm not working out. But I told myself, I'm like, all you have to do is just show up. And obviously, it's a class. I do bar So I'm not just going to sit there and like lay there like I'm going to participate. But I'm like, all you have to do is just show up. You don't even have to lift heavy weights. Just do the best you can. And once you complete the class, then you can go and buy yourself nail polish. And that is what I did. (laughs) But I'm laughing because I'm like, gosh, I'm like a six year old kid, you know, like what kind of nail polish did you get? uh, Gel nail polish. I do my own nails just because anytime I get them done, it's. I'm like so OCD that I notice little parts that I'm like, oh, there's a little, you know, maybe she didn't get all the way up to the cuticle or on the side she missed a spot or it looks like there's a little ding or something. And like for what you pay. And then also, I think the older I get, the more I'm like, I just don't want to go out in public if I could avoid it. So I just started doing my own nails like in the last couple of years and I do a pretty good job. So I don't know. That's could turn into like a little side hustle maybe one day. Right. I thought about it, but how good you are. I know Eva's nails in my garage. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't, I'm like a terrible worker. Like as far as working out, like I just, I have like really high anxiety. Mm. I I actually went to the doctor yesterday and he's like, well, what do you do for fun? And I'm like, "Ah, you know, I really just work. Like, that's what I do. Like, it's just so fulfilling for me because like, I get to see something grow from nothing Mm -hmm. and become successful. And he's like, man, you got to get hobbies though. He's like, you got to get stuff to do. Like, that's fun. He's like, even if it's just like working out, like just things that like increase, like, you know, your dopamine and your serotonin. And so I even have like this really nice gym in my basement, but like my husband's like, do you want to come downstairs and work out? I'm like, Oh, well, also probably, probably yeah, probably because also you're like exhausted. And so it's the last thing you want to do. But you do get energy from working out. I used to hear people say that all the time. And I'm like, well, I don't I just get exhausted. Like, I'd work out and then I'd go home. And like a few hours later, I'm like, I need to take a nap. My body has exerted all the energy for today. But then after you do it long enough, then you're like, oh, cool. Like you come back, and you're like, I'm going to clean my house. I'm going to run all the errands. I don't know. I think if you stick with it, you know, it helps. But yeah, I definitely think that there's something to be said about having some hobbies that don't include work, which you and I are exactly alike. And I realized that within a few seconds of talking to you that we have a lot in common and, you know, very similar goals. And, you know, we kind of think the same way. But I have noticed that like after picking up some hobbies, like I'm really into plants and I get a lot of enjoyment from that. Like it does kind of help to separate things a little bit. So I would recommend it. Yeah, definitely. So we planted like a garden. My husband's like, I just think 
you just did a garden but the whole like I'm like I'm like such a perfectionist that I'm like you know I was out there yesterday like there was just like this little tiny dead piece like just on my like little cucumber plant I'm out there with my scissors just perfecting right? the little dead <laughs> piece off and I'm like I've got issues honestly no I'd I'm be like, doing I the should same. not be in charge of this plant and I'm like I'm about to put a video recorder just so I know that it's like consistently growing and he's like Sadie you need to just chill <laughs> but go like the garden's gonna grow it's being watered it's fine you know and I'm like funny. okay okay I won't get a camera for the garden. Okay. (laughs) But no, I, that's so funny that you like, just when you mentioned like the motivation to, you know, get up in the morning and and work out, which I truly believe that like part of people's like living a successful life or just a healthy life, it's super important to like eat well and exercise. So like, I'm I'm super aware that like, if I want to live a long, healthy life, like I need to take care of my body better than I have and start doing that. But we had this good conversation. My husband like loves Joe Rogan and I'm sure everyone does. He's like listening, but my husband's like, you know, what's your motivation, you know, or I I can't remember how he said it, but I was like, my motivation is just like, I just want to like watch the seeds that I've planted in my businesses, like just grow, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and he's like, he mentioned that Joe Rogan, like said something like F your motivation. It's all about dedication. You know, like you can only like have so much motivation, but what really gets you is having the dedication. The dedication is what gets you. It's not necessarily like the motivation. It's just being dedicated. Like, no, I don't want to do this. I'm not motivated to do it, but I'm dedicated because I know what it brings. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a really good point. Yeah. Cause you could have all the motivation in the world, but if you don't actually dedicate yourself to doing it, then nothing gets done. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, when he said that, that reminded me of that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so little words of advice before we start the show. But before we also start the show, I want to take a quick break. Talk about Smith & Wesson. If you guys are looking for a new competition pistol, definitely check out the competitor It has a five inch barrel with a nice long sight radius. The sear has been enhanced for a lighter, crisper let off. It has a flared magwell to help make reloads faster, aggressive lightning cuts to reduce the weight in specific spots to improve the recoil balance point. It also comes optic ready and includes a fiber optic front sight and blackout rear sights. The mag release is also oversized and reversible. You can get all of this for MSRP of $9.99, and it's available in tungsten gray or black, and it will come with either 17-round mags or your 10-round versions. If you want to check this out, head on over to smith-wesson.com. It's a great gun. I own one, and I think it's one of those things, if you buy it, you're not going to regret it. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right, so Mercedes, we met at the Utah event, well, a few days prior before Utah took place, but in Utah. And I think they were doing, they were doing a golf tournament. Were they doing a fundraiser? It was a fundraiser. Yeah, it was a yeah, yep, fundraiser. And so we met there and quickly hit it off. And it's weird because okay, so I'll admit, like, 
you know, you and I, we both complain that, you know, we don't typically see a lot of women in male dominant industry, especially dominating it. And even I sometimes I'm like, yeah, you know, why is it when I go to a gun store, if I'm with a guy, you know, they typically talk to the guy or they just assume, but sometimes we're even guilty of it. Like we complain about it, but we're also guilty of it. And in this situation, I just assumed I was like, oh, do you work there? Like not even thinking you own the barber shop. And you're like, no, I own it. And I have, you know, how many different locations and stuff like that. And I was just kind of like, yeah, see here, I also kind of, you know, I guess at fault for just assuming that like you just worked there and you didn't own it. But yeah, so like I started talking to you and like hearing your story and why you got started and like your goals and stuff like that. And although it's not necessarily gun related, it's still kind of within the same realm because you're very patriotic and stuff. So I thought that it would be a good idea to have you on the show, talk about everything that you're doing. And I think the listeners would appreciate it. So before we start getting into, you know, things that you're faced with and all that, briefly tell me, like, how did you get started? What made you think that, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to start a barbershop? Yeah. So before I start, like, when I went to the Utah shooter event, I was like, definitely did not want to like meet any influencers. I'm like, I don't want to meet any influencers. Influencers are freaking jerks. Like no freaking thanks. (laughs) And you just like looked so nice. And you came and sat by the couch and we just like hit off this conversation. And I never would have guessed that you, you know, obviously had like a lot of followers or anything like that. And like, we just hit it off. And I was like, you know, what do you do? And, And you're like, you know, I do some social media stuff. And you know, like promote some like, you know, gun stuff. And I was like, what? You're a freaking influencer. I'm like, why are you so nice? Like you're literally the nicest person I've ever met. So for anyone like listening to this, like Ava's actually a true gem and she's just super genuine and don't believe what I believe that all influencers are just jerks. (laughs) Um, I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. And so the reason... So it it kind of was by accident. So I was working for like a chain place that just did men's haircuts only. And I was managing a store in Spanish work where I live and where one of my shops currently is. And I actually worked there for like four years. I was making really good money. Like I had a full clientele, but the boss that I had, like he just, he was really old and he would be like, okay, well, if you get the team to this certain amount of cells, I'll give everyone a bonus. And so I'd work my ass off, get the team to this level where they would all be able to bonus and time would come. And he would say like, that's just too much money. I'm not going to pay it out. But I'd have to like, go back to these people and say like, Hey, like, I'm so sorry. Like we hustled our hearts out, but like, he's just not going to give us the money. And like, he wouldn't have to have those conversations with those people. I would. And I was just like, Oh, and then, you know, I can remember like several different things. Like it's been, you know, seven years since I worked there. So it's been a long time, but he walks in and this girl, she's been working there for four years. And he's like, remind me her name. And I'm like, who the freak do I freaking work for? Like, no, like, what am I doing? Like I have a full clientele and I'm all about like team, like unity, but like, I couldn't do anything for these people that worked underneath of me as far as managing them, because it was just a constant bottom dollar for the person. And he didn't truly care about, you know, the community or the people that worked there. And I was like, I'm just going to do my own thing. So I had a client who had like a little, a little like small shop. It was probably, I think it was like 950 square feet. 
And we were like really poor at the time. Like we had three kids and my husband was doing construction, but construction doesn't really pay well unless you're like kind of higher up. And he wasn't. And I asked my client, I said, can I move into your location? And he said, yeah, absolutely. So I moved into his location. I went like, I went to a Costco, I bought a dresser. I found the cheapest barber chair I could from like Sam's club, which is not where you buy barber chairs, but it's like all I had. (laughs) We bought like a futon couch. My husband like built me a front desk. And then like, we just found like stuff off of like the indoor yard cell. And then I just started doing my own thing. Like I had my full clientele and then I had friends who were like, Hey, like I want to come with you. And I'm like, freak, I'm going to have to find the same dresser. Like I'm going to have to find another barber chair. And the next thing you know, a year goes by, maybe a year and a half goes by and the space is completely full. And I have 10 barbers in a five chair barbershop and more and more keep applying, applying, applying. And I'm like, I don't have room, like, and I'm not giving up cutting hair, but you know, I was like, I just, my husband's like, there could be something real here. Like you've created a culture and a place where people want to be in a community that like wants to support you. And so I had a friend who owned a building like down the road and it was a huge building. It was like, it's 4,000 square feet. And she's like, I just know, like in my heart, you're supposed to buy my building. And I'm like, man, like, I don't even know if I could qualify for a car right now. You know, like, I'm just like, you know, like the barbershop was doing well, but it wasn't doing like buying a freaking commercial building. Well, Mm -hmm. I knew the owner of a bank, um, in our town in Spanish fork. And I reached out to him and said like, Hey, like I would love to buy a building. Like, I I don't know if that's possible. And he was like, Mercedes, like, I love you. Like, of course I'm going to get you that loan. Like, you know, like I'm the freaking VP of this bank. Like I'll sign off on anything you need. And it made me realize that like in my job, like, yeah, like I do great haircuts, but I have made so many good connections and those connections have become genuine friends of mine that have helped me get to where I'm at. And so as soon as I applied for the loan, I mean, I basically had to sign over my children just in case I didn't pay the payment, but Mm -hmm. I did get the building. And so we moved into the building and expanded into eight chairs. And then we went from the eight chair shop. And then I had another friend who He's like, Hey, like I just, you know, I started this container complex in Springville and he's like really well known here in, or in, in Utah. His name's Rick Salisbury and he's a big developer. And I feel like everybody just knows him, but most people actually don't like him, but I cut his hair. And so we're obviously in good terms, but he was like, I want you to come and rent from me. And And I was like, I don't know, like, that'd be like a whole second shop. Like, I don't, you know, I'm like still trying to figure out how to run my first shop and like things are going so smooth, like a second shop, you know, adding like the craziness and he's like, I'll pay for everything to be put in there. And, and so I was like, okay, like still I'm going to move over. So then we expanded into Springville and then like some more time went by and I had a barber who said like, I want to open up a fellows. And I'm like, Oh, like I'm not even thought about that. And, and now he owns half of his location in Orem and I own the other half and we partnered together and that's a 10 chair store in Orem. And then I had another client who says like, I want you to rent from me in Payson. And at this point I knew I was going to start opening like a men's grooming line because we were doing things throughout the year, like free veteran haircuts, like national police week, we do free like haircuts for police officers. And then, you know, we usually do something for firefighters too. Like last year we did it for an entire month of free haircuts for firefighters. And we, we just took the money we would have made and just donated it to like some sort of firefighter that like donate um, charity mm-hmm. in our community. And then I knew I wanted to do like more in the first responder area and, and be able to give back more. But 
I also don't pay my barber $7 an hour because you don't, you just get shit quality. That's Mm -hmm. why these franchises have lots of high turnover rate and stuff like that. But so I wanted them to be able to like make a career living at my shop. So I, the money wasn't there to like make a huge impact into the first responder community. And so I knew that by going the men's grooming route, Mm -hmm. that I would be able to use a large portion of that money and, and funnel it into like local charity groups that help either veterans or police officers or firefighters or even EMTs. And so when I opened the pace location, the whole back half is like a whole warehouse, which I've never done before. I'm still honestly learning how to run a warehouse, but yeah, I mean, that's really how I kind of got started as far as like making the actual jump and doing it. Um, I basically puked like every day for like the first month, like my whole drive to work. Like, I'm like, what am I doing? You know, Mm -hmm. but that's as far as like starting out. Like I didn't, I think I told you this, I made it to eighth grade and then ended up getting pregnant. And so when I first started my business, I'm like, how do we make spreadsheets so that we know like, where is certain money going and this and that and this and that. And my husband's like, I'll help you. Cause like, thank God he graduated high school and knows how to make a spreadsheet. But you know, like my first year of taxes, like I literally printed out all of my bank statements and wrote to the side of each transaction of what they were. And then wrote on a whole nother paper. So month one, this is how much I spent in this and how much I spent in this. And then when I'd hand it to my tax accountant, he's like, Jesus Christ, like what happened? <laughs> and I'm like, it's just all I know how to do. I'm like, I don't know how to do it any other way, but Luckily, we're to the point now where I like I actually have a finance person, so I get to totally step away from my handwriting notebook paper of where did money get spent, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how it got started. That's amazing. And do you mind if I mean you shared your age with me? Do you mind sharing that? Yeah. So I'm actually going to turn thirty on July fourth this year. So that's incredible. I was like, how did you like accomplish all of this, and you're not even thirty yet? It's yeah. like really incredible, honestly. It's been insane. Like people always say like, oh, like, you know, you're killing it. You're doing success. Like you're so successful, et cetera. But really like, I just feel like everybody else, like I'm just out grinding like they are, you know, like whether they're, my grind's different than their grind. Like I'm just trying to like provide for my family. And now I have 30 families that need me to grind for their families too, mm-hmm. you know? So like, I don't feel any different than anybody else. Like I'm just out trying to like, make what I've got work and keep growing. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I'm going to take another quick break. Talk about Mantis real quick. If you guys want to take your dry fire to a whole new level, definitely check out the Mantis X10. The X10 is Mantis's latest generation of shooting performance systems, smaller and lighter than previous versions, and it has a longer battery. It mounts directly under the Picatinny rail. But if your gun doesn't have a Picatinny rail, Mantis also has a ton of different adapters for pistol mags, barrel attachments, and much more so that your gun can utilize that. But essentially, the X10, it gives you an incredible amount of data on your shooting performance, both from dry fire and live fire. It's the only shooting measurement tool around that gives you feedback on both dry fire and live fire. In addition, it also has a holster draw analysis, and it works with archery. Check it out at mantisx.com. I'm curious as to why, like what brought you to want to concentrate on people that, you know, like service workers, you know, or in veterans, 
like what draws you to, you know, to kind of help that community? So I'm younger. So like, I'm part of that generation where, you know, you see a lot of like brands come up where like everything kind of has like a cause, like Mm -hmm. it just makes you, it helps like drive your motivation to like, not just your business, but being more than just your business. And I've always wanted to do things that was just more than just the barbershop. Like I wanted to, like, I want to impact the world in a positive way. I not, maybe I I will impact the entire world, but if I can just impact my communities or my state or whatever, I want to do it. And obviously my birthday is July 4th. So me and America share the same birthday. So there's, there's one. And my dad's a veteran and all of my sisters, all but one are veterans. And so, you know, I just really seen like what they did and like how it was for them when they came back and how hard it's been for them to kind of recover from what they came from. And when I first opened the fellas, a lot of people here know him, but his name is Dave Acosta and he was a Navy SEAL, but he was also on the SWAT team too. And I would just hear these, like, he, he was like my number one fan. Like I cut his hair every two weeks and he would shout me out. He like showed me how to make an Instagram story. Cause we didn't even have an Instagram when we started. I was like, wait, I don't even know how to do this, <laughs> you know? And, and so he like showed me how to make it. He, he like showed me how to like do stories and like tag people. And, and he, he really bring this like first responder community to me. And you listen to these stories and you can't help but be like, like me as a business owner, like I have the opportunity and like, I can, I can truly make change. Like I can do stuff for these people, whether it be free haircuts or like, let them have their like VA meetings there, or like, I can just be a friend, like someone you can listen to. I'm going to take care of you, make you look good, feel good. Like all of the shit that's going on in your life. Like, I'm just going to give you a hundred percent of me or my barbers are too and impact you in the moments that I have you. And then I realized like there's just so many foundations that are actual real foundations out there that are really making impacts on people. And I kind of learned most of that through him and and he passed away like two years into the fellows, which was heartbreaking because he actually never got to see like our new location or, or any of that. But I did get to do his haircut, like in the funeral home and like, that's when you realize like how close you really are to these people and how much you really do love your clients is, I mean, I got to do his haircut alone in this funeral home and it was just amazing. It was, it was so awesome. And he was so well known in the community as far as like impacting. And so what he taught was he would, he would teach schools like how to protect themselves. if somebody was to come in with a gun or in like large groups and like, how to fight back. That's what his, his Instagram is. It's called fight back nation. He would teach women. Like you do not have to like fall to be a victim or men to a victim to a, someone with a gun or a knife or whatever you can fight back, you know? And it just made me like so motivated to be, I wanted to give back. Like I wanted to do more. So really between my family and him, that's kind of what sparked that for me. Hmm. I love that. Another thing I want to bring up when we met you were saying that you receive a lot of hate on social media and I was like what I was like just for having a barbershop (laughs) but you were showing me examples so you have the American flag like you guys are very patriotic 
and people were like losing it over the fact that you used the American flag on things. And the one thing that maybe I could maybe kind of understand is like you guys have the cape that goes around people's necks is American flag. But even then you made a really good point. You were like, yeah, but okay. So 4th of July rolls around people buy shirts, you know, that have the American flag on it and they're wearing that and that's okay, but you can't have, you know, a, what is it? Is it called a drape or a, what is it called? It's not a drape. It's yeah. A cape. A cape. Yeah. So So, yeah. And I was like, you know what? That's a, a really good point. And it's, it's so weird that like now, you know, that America's getting to this point where, even I was talking to somebody else, uh, kind of off topic, but they were saying that they almost don't even want to wave, like, you know, hang an American flag at their house because they feel like, you know, it automatically signifies that you're like, you know, pro-American, pro-gun. And I was just like, man, that is so weird that like, here we are in America and yet it's almost kind of like you second guess whether you want to have an American flag because you receive hate from that. Like, that's just, that's crazy to me. No, it's super crazy. And like, I I had a conversation when we were talking about that, like, you get to this point. So I mean, obviously, in every single one of my shops, like, there's like all like, each shop is different. But like my pace and shop, the entire floor is like, the 1776 flag, like, Mm -hmm. it's got, you know, the, the stars in the circle and 1776 in the center. And it's got the we the people on the wall and there's just tons of stuff like there's the second amendments posted up there and you know people will come in and be like it just feels racist in here and i'm like racist what are you talking about like what about this shop is racist mm-hmm. like and they're like you know it just feels racist and i'm like it, i i think it feels like i care about america and yeah. i care about our freedom and and the people who have fought for our freedom and, and then this is my not be the shop for you if that's the vibe that you get when you walk in here like that like the same you know and i'm totally fine with that like this is this this isn't for you Mm -hmm. and people will come into spanish fork and they'll say like you know there's just so much patriotic stuff like i just don't like it it makes me feel uncomfortable and i'm like well this just isn't the shop before you know for you and i feel like so many businesses fall victim to like letting people control how they run their business but for me like i am going to run my business the way I want to. And if people have a problem with it, like then you'll just have to find a different shop, you know? And same thing on social media is it's like, I get all this hate because, you know, there'll be a flag on the wall or Ron DeSantis is like holding our fellas like business card and and they're like, lose their marbles. They're like, you know, like, why is there like no other kind of flags? And I'm like, there's just American flags. Like, we're just in America. So there is just American flags. You're supposed to have like every country on the wall. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I I don't have that much space in here, but you know, and so like, they'll just like be like, it's just such a disgrace. And, and, and and the thing is, is like everybody brings up flag etiquette. And I'm like, you really think that I would like cut up an actual flag. sew it with a cape. Like you must think I have a lot of free time because I don't. Mm -hmm. And, And I'm definitely not, I would never, ever, ever cut up a flag and drape it over somebody. The the flag was printed over polyester cape fabric. And that's ba- my comments basically back were like, okay, well, don't plan on but like wearing a 4th of July shirt then. Because mm-hmm. if I can't have my flag cape, then you shouldn't be able to wear your 4th of July shirt because there's literally no difference. Yeah, I'm showing my patriotism and love for America. And so are you by wearing your shirt. We have people request for the cape flag. Like, because we had, we have different, you know, capes depending on, 
you know, bigger guys can have to have, they have to have different capes or whatever. And so, but like all of my clients, like I want to wear the freaking flag cape, that flag cape's dope. Like, and they feel proud to wear it. And that's what keeps me going when I see all the haters on social media, of like this is a racist shop or these guys don't care about America. Like they just don't know us. Like they don't know what we do and how much we really do give back and how much we really do love people who have made it so that we are free, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. our freedom. Absolutely. And yeah. so I don't know, like, I think a lot of people get scared because of all the comments and I do too. Like I would be lying if I say like, they don't make me nervous, mm-hmm. but I still at the end of the day want to always stand for what I believe in. And I don't want people or social media to change my mind because I'm scared of their opinions. Yeah. You know, they don't run my business. I do. So what's also weird is you're in Utah. So Utah is, you know, I mean, it's fairly conservative. So that's also something that like blows me away is maybe if you were in California, I could understand, but it's like Utah of all places that this is where you're receiving hate. And I don't know. It's just like, it's baffling. I don't know. It it does. It it blows me away. Yeah, no. And like, people just have to hate, like if somebody can't hate about something, I mean, what would they really do with their life? Like yeah. If I didn't get hate every day for something, like people just don't like other people's majority. I think majority of people do love seeing people succeed, but there is a select few out there that like, they don't like it. You yeah. know, like I had another barber shop in Springville, like leave me this like one star Google review. And he basically like left me this novel about how we're like not a true barber shop because a woman owns it and because women work in there. And I was like, that's so brave of you to like leave another barbershop, a one-star review. So I actually showed up at his place and I just was like, Hey, so like, you never met me. You never been in my shop. You don't know who I am. You know, nothing about my shop, but yet you left me this like one-star novel about how sometime back in Egypt, barbers were only meant to be men. And I'm like, what's that all about? And he's like, I just feel like, you're a glorified salon. I'm like, have you ever been to my barbershop? And he's like, I don't need to. And I'm like, I think you do though. Like you're going to leave me this shitty one-star review about how I'm not a barber. Then maybe you should come and see how I barber. And he's like, it wouldn't matter what you say. He says, men can only be barbers. (laughs) I was just like, that's when I realized like, you know what? Like you, your one-star review, waste my time. Like, I don't need your approval. I am a barber and I would out barber you any day. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, "I I could care less what you think, honestly. Yeah. But people just have to hate and there's just there's just haters out there and there's just trolls and then I have lots of fans too. I have lots of people who when people will throw shade, people will, you know, have my back and be like, You don't obviously know the fellas, you know, or what they've done for this community or not even just like the community, but like, you know, just even specific people, you know, like we had this little girl, she had brain cancer. Her dad was a firefighter, but we turned our whole barbershop into a haunted house and it was exhausting. It was crazy. It was so crazy, but we raised $14,000 in one night for her, for that little family. And so wow. like the fellas has just done so much for all of the communities that it's in. But so these people who comment, like they just, either they know us and we're competition to them or they just got to hate, mm-hmm. you know? And, I don't know. and you also, you mentioned that you have five daughters, correct? Yeah. So I have birthed four and adopted one. So, yep. I'm sure. I mean, what is that like also? Like, I'm depending, I don't know how old your daughters are, but 
I'm sure at this point you probably want to be a good role model and also show your daughters that, you know, whatever they want to do, as long as they have the, what was it? It's not motivation. It's the determination. Dedication. (laughs) Dedication. Yeah. 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 They have the dedication Um, to do so they could do it. Yeah. Like, uh, so I grew up in a really, really small town. And when people say that, like, they're like, oh, like I grew up in a small town of like 5,000 people. No, like I grew up in a town of like, like 10 homes, you know, like literal 10 homes. Mm-hmm. So really small. And my parents, like they just have both always kind of suffered from some sort of addiction kind of throughout their whole life. And I had five sisters who, who also, a lot of them went through like their own struggles as we got older as far as like, well, you know, I had a shit childhood. So this is why I'm, you know, addicted to this or addicted to this or have this issue or whatever. But for me, like I used it as sole motivation of like, this is exactly what I'm going to not do. Mm-hmm. And even though I didn't make it through high school and I don't have my GED and I don't have any of those fun things, but I wanted to show my kids not to drop out of school for sure, but that anything you want, you can do it. It doesn't matter what grade level you made it to. It doesn't matter your shape or size or gender, your race, your anything, like anything you want to do, you put in the hard work, be an honest, genuine person and you'll make it, you know? And that's really huge to me to like prove to my girls that like, no, like you get to do whatever you want to do. And no matter what adventure you choose, you got this. And I just want to be like living proof for my kids that it doesn't matter that they're young or that they're girls or that, you know, that I came from this not great home. Like they're actually going to come hopefully from a great home. <laughs> hopefully they may not say it right now. They're probably like, you're being real <laughs> But I just want to be like an inspiration for my kids and let them know that like just being honest, good person and and work hard, work really freaking hard and you can do it. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm going to take another quick break. Talk about gators. If you want to up your sunglass game and also protect your eyes when you're on the range, definitely check out gators. Gator lenses are safety rated, so they're good for shooting, but they also look really good off the range too. The mil-spec ballistic lens are rated to take a hit from a 15 caliber projectile at 700 feet per second without cracking, which I don't know of any other lens that can do that. Basically, that means that a high speed ricochet can hit it and they won't crack. They're also easy to custom fit so that they can fit your head perfectly. In fact, at the shoe taught event, somebody had their gaiters on and they were like, yeah, you know, I just like yours better. I let him try mine on. He's like, yeah, maybe I'll get this pair instead. And I was like, well, you know, you can move, you know, it's aluminum frame, so you can move it. And he was like, oh, really? And he like moved it. And he's like, oh, yeah, that fits so much better. So, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize that, but you can definitely get it where it fits your face and your head really well. It's almost like a custom fit. Also comes in a bunch of different styles of frames and along with different colors and different colored lenses. 
if you want to check this out, I highly recommend use the URL gators, G-A-T-O-R-Z.com forward slash Ava. That's A-V-A. And you're going to get 15% off your entire order. Let's talk about Utah event. Was this your first year doing it or did you attend last year as well? Yeah. So I want to go back and just like give my husband like a quick little shout out because I feel like he truly deserves like good chunk of this like success that I've had. So the only reason I've been able to do like all the things I've been able to do is because I have like the most amazing husband who has quit his career for me to focus on my career. Mm -hmm. And he holds down the fort of four little girls every single day. And he legit does their hair like super cute and paints their nails and takes care of our yard and our house and makes it so that I can leave our home and not have to worry about what's going on. He's able to, you know, just kind of take care of everything. So I really feel like I wouldn't be able to do anything that I'm doing right now if it wasn't for him. So shout out to you, Jeremy. Don't say I didn't mention you on this podcast. I think (laughs) you're killing it. God bless you. But so yes, definitely my first year for Shuta. So originally I thought that maybe we wouldn't be able to go because everyone who was going was, you know, affiliated to like selling some sort of gun, something, something on the gun range kind of stuff. So I was like, I don't know if we'd be able to go. So I, I messaged Jason and I'm like, look, like, I don't know if we really fit your category as far as going, but like, we're a men's shop and I want to cut her out there. And he was like, yeah, we'd love to have you. And, and so it was definitely our, our first year, but it won't be our last. It was awesome. Nice. Yeah. You guys did a really good job. You had, you know, you were set up underneath the, what was it? It was like, or like a pavilion. Yeah. It was, you know, it was really nice. And I think, I don't know, I think you guys did a really good job. So I'm glad that you'll be doing it again next year. Cause I think, that also, you know, anybody who's local and who didn't hear, hasn't heard about your business before, I'm sure that you guys got a lot of new customers from that because it looks like you I guys so. do a really good job. I mean, obviously, you know, it wasn't like, oh, let me jump in there and get a haircut. But a lot of the guys that like had like their beard shaved and, you know, like it was pretty transforming. Like it was just they looked so much better and clean cut afterwards. No, it was cool. Like it was a total different experience, you know, because when you're in a barbershop, it's just, it's super chill vibes, you know, just like classic music. Yeah. But I mean, like it literally felt like, like what I would picture a war zone. Yeah. And <laughs> I you guys like, were pretty like, close to the range too. <laughs> like we had like little pieces of like bullets flying, like coming right towards us. I'm like, Holy <laughs> shit. Like this is crazy. And I'm like trying to ask people like, how do you want their, your hair? And then all of a sudden, like whatever that small, it was called like a small gun machine or whatever it was, but oh, the mini gun, so, <laughs> the mini gun, holy freak. Like every time that thing went off, it's like, it would like stun you for a second. Cause we were so close. Like it felt like it took over your heartbeat for like a couple of minutes. Right. <laughs> and so everyone was like, how was it? At cut? You know, how was it cutting out there? And I'm like, honestly, just try to imagine like a full on war. And you're just trying to like nail down this great haircut because like a bajillion people are walking past you and you got to get this right. And you like hope you heard them right in between each bullet being shot. You're like, did you say a zero? (laughs) You know, I'm like, I don't know what you said, but I'm just going to give you a really good freaking haircut, you know? And so 
it was a weird experience and it, it was it was so fun like when we bring the barber chairs back to Orem, I didn't realize, but like nearly the entire bottom of the, of the barber chairs bases were like, there was so many like little bullet pieces on the bottom of the barbershop chair or the barber chair. He was like, gosh, he's like, you guys went crazy out there. I actually talked Jason into shooting. I don't even know what the gun was. I wish I knew, but it was super insane. It had like a bunch of bullets, like down off the side of it. And so I trimmed his beard like right on the fire line. Mm -hmm. And so we bring the barber chair over there. I put a cape over him. I trimmed his beard and he had the gun sitting in his lap the entire time with the, of course, my American flag cape over the top of it. And as soon as I was done, I leaned him back up and I flipped the cape off and then he started firing. And this gun was so powerful that like I was trying to hold my hip against the barber chair because it was like moving side to side to side. And Jason's trying to keep his gun straight the whole time. It was a pretty rad experience. Like the whole thing was really fun. Wow. That's awesome. I definitely want to see that video if you guys captured it on video. Yeah, no, I'll send it to you. It's good. We haven't, I guess there was a marketer out there that they think maybe got a better shot. So we're just kind of waiting for that video to get back yeah. and then we'll post it. That's fantastic. I love it. All right. So for anybody who is in Utah who wants to utilize your services and stop by and, you know, support somebody who supports the community and does so much, what is your website? What's your social media? And where do you guys have stores? So if you want to book with us, you will go to thefellaschopshop.com. And on the website, it lists all the locations. So it's super simple, seamless. You can also obviously just Google us and find us through Google. Just type in the fellas shop shop near me. And then we are located. We have a four chair shop in Payson, which is super rad. I highly recommend going and seeing it. It's really cool. And then we have a bigger shop in Spanish. And then we have a Spanish fork. And then we have another shop in Springville, which is in a container mall. This is built out of containers. It's right across the street from Strap Tank, if anyone knows where Strap Tank is in Springville. And then we have our Orem location, which is off of 800 North, and it's 450 West. And so we have those four right now. And then we've got a couple more coming soon. Ooh, nice. I love it. All right. Um, it's hard to like kind of say, but it's the fellas chop shop which we've like said a million times that we were going to change the name because it's like gets a little crazy but i it's like it's staying it's here to stay i know both shop shop it is yeah it's definitely a mouthful but yeah at this point with you already having four stores and working so hard to build up that name like why would you change it you know i was like so convinced that when you opened it it like had to say like the name had to say like what it is and what it does and so i'm like it's for the fellas and it's a chop shop. Yeah. But now like all of our Google reviews is like the fellows is awesome or the good fellows <laughs> is the best. Or like people will call us and be like, so do you chop up cars? You know, because like out uh, here, I guess like chop shops is like for you to get your car chopped up. But I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, <laughs> I just was so convinced. I'm like, it's a perfect name. Everybody will know exactly what it is. And then, you know, over the years, I'm like, I just laugh a little. I'm like, yeah. okay, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Awesome. Well, I'm not going to keep you for the rest of the show, but I do appreciate everything that you're doing. It's so great to see, you know, a female in the industry, male dominant industry, just killing it, 
good for you. I hope your daughters grow up to be, you know, just as successful or, you know, just happy because they had such a great role model. So keep it up you and your husband, of course. And yeah, and I'm just, I'm really proud of you. And thank you so much for coming on. And guys, if you're listening, you're in Utah, or even if you're not in Utah and you guys just want to, you know, support somebody who supports America so much, just go and follow them on social media. And again, that is the fellas chop shop. Yeah. And then thank you so much. Like, thanks for just being like really genuine. Like that was a really good experience for me to meet somebody who is like a social media influencer. And like, I don't know, like you were just so genuine. I just, I really appreciate it. And like, I really appreciate the friendship. It it was really cool. So I'm really grateful to know you and to be on this podcast and thanks for, yeah, just like allowing me the opportunity to like talk about like my business and my life and I hope we can like remain friends forever. Yeah. Girl power. Absolutely. I totally agree. Joining me for the rest of the show is John Snow. John, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Before we start talking about the next segment, I'm going to take a quick break. Talk about BSF barrels. I actually just hit them up and asked them for a few of their muzzle devices, which should work really well with their barrels. I don't think I actually have any of their muzzle devices, so I'm really interested to check those out and report back to you guys. But yeah, as I said before, I'm going to be switching out two of the barrels on my 308s and doing some testing, and I might actually even hit up Caldwell and ask for some of their lead sleds just to make sure that it's extremely accurate so it's not like you know, shooter error and just kind of see, you know, the difference that the barrel performs. Stay on the lookout for that. But if you guys haven't heard of BSF barrels, they make really cool carbon fiber barrels. They look awesome, but they also give you a lot more and weigh a lot less than what they are. And they make them for all kinds of different calibers. So check it out at bsfbarrels.com. Don't forget to use the code ELITE15, all one word, E-L-I-T-E-1-5, and that's getting you 15% off. Yeah, you're really going to like their compensators. They look awesome, and they pair up with their barrels basically like they're part of the barrel. I mean, they're so tightly machined. They look like they're just an extension of the barrel. And you can even get them to actually pin them and weld them if you're getting a shorter barrel. Oh, cool. So that's, that's like good a 14.5, I, when I built my three-gun rifle, I got a 14.5 and had it pinned and welded. So it's legally still a rifle barrel. Nice. Okay, cool. Good to know. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's All right. So today in politics, New Jersey enacts largest gun ban in U.S. history. Back in 2022, New Jersey Democrats rammed a flurry of gun laws through the legislature that are now taking effect. They were, as usual, deceptive about what the law would really do and how much it would ban. Their target was the dreaded ghost guns. The full effects of what they passed are now clear. So, John, do you want to explain kind of a little bit what this is about? Sure. Yeah, they they were extremely... They outright lied is what it comes down to. They 
as usual, one, the guys who are actually, you know, doing the voting, they don't understand anything about firearms, but they clearly had people who knew a lot about firearms do the writing on this law because it's far, far beyond the dreaded ghost guns that they like to demonize that really are not the problem that they make them out to be. Mm-hmm. So what is but this bill? Like, what is it? What, so what this, this bill, this bill was to ban the unserialized firearms that they claim are this massive amount of gun violence. Mm-hmm. And we know they're not. They're a small fraction of the ones that are recovered from crimes. The ones that actually are, are stolen firearms because that's where the majority of criminals get their weapons but what this ends up actually doing is it bans all firearms or frames or receivers that do not have a serial number and any that do have to be registered with the state so so any and, and any gun, on something else so any gun that has the serial number has to be registered exactly and if it doesn't have a serial number it cannot be registered period and discussion and they do not give you any kind of way to serialize one that's not serialized so this goes after millions of firearms yeah because so, like prior what about to like curio and relics and stuff like that exactly prior to 1968 there was no requirement to serialize so a whole lot of manufacturers did not have serial numbers on their firearms because until 1968 it was not a legal requirement in the United States And another thing it does is it bans any firearm that doesn't have a serial number that was a federally licensed manufacturer in the United States. So any firearm that was made in Germany or Czechoslovakia, wherever, any other country, if it was made there but still has a serial number, it's not a manufacturer that was licensed in the United States unless it went through... In modern times, the importer and was serialized at the importer here in the States, Mm -hmm. which there's not many of those. I mean, it it bans all of those. So all of your pre-1968 shotguns, handguns, all of that, they're now illegal. You cannot serialize them. So what are people supposed to do with these? Like if they they own a gun, which is ridiculous because think about- In the state of New Jersey, they have to turn them in. Oh, wow. So they can't, can they transfer them? Like, can they give them to, let's say, a family member that lives in another state? I think New Jersey, if I recall, has a law that you cannot actually even do that. But so I'm just thinking about, and okay, so if you guys are in New Jersey and you have this, so don't quote us on that. We don't know if you can transfer, but you can't. But I would look into that. Yeah. But I'm just thinking about stuff that has been family heirlooms and things that are worth a lot of money, too. And exactly. You know, so on top of that, are they doing some sort of like buyback program for these guns that they're turning them in? Nope. No buyback. Wow. No buyback at all. That's ridiculous. And so people- their definition of firearm goes far beyond a normal firearm. So state of New Jersey includes anything that's a muzzle loader. That's a firearm to them. So anything black powder, any kind of muzzle loader, those are all considered firearms, which those have not federally muzzle loaders are not firearms. So they don't have serial numbers. And because they're not firearms, the manufacturers of those don't have to be federally licensed manufacturers. So they miss out on all those requirements. 
BB guns are considered firearms. Even a Red Rider is considered a firearm in New Jersey. Those are now all illegal because they're not serialized, not made by a federally licensed manufacturer. So every single one of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it gets replica firearms from overseas. It gets the number of guns that this so-called ghost gun ban targets is just staggering. Yeah, and it's crazy, too. You haven't really seen I haven't seen too much about this, actually. Yeah, so it just it just came into effect and people don't realize yet the extent of how bad this one was because mm-hmm. it was supposed to just be the ghost guns mm-hmm. that people are Yeah, exactly. And then I read also so penalties are severe yep. and I think it's so it's a third degree crime and carries a maximum of five years in the state prison and a fifteen thousand dollar fine. Which is pretty good. Yeah, and that's just possession. Yeah. If you you purchase one, transport transport it, ship ship it, sell, or try to dispose, that is a second degree and 10 years and 150000 And being the state of New Jersey, I guarantee you they're going to give you one of those charges for each and every instance. So Mm -hmm. if you have more than one, it's going to be a lot. Wow. How ridiculous. And, And the other thing is determining if a firearm meets these requirements in order to actually be able to register, you may not, it may be very hard to determine that because, you know, some of these firearms, you won't know if it meets the requirements of being a licensed manufacturer because back when these were made, they may not, you know, because some firearms prior to 1968 did have serial numbers, but were they a licensed manufacturer at the time? Mm Mm-hmm. They might not have been. Hmm, interesting. Well, hopefully somebody steps up to the plate and sues them for this. And, you know, but obviously that's going to be a long ways down. So that just that yeah. really sucks for the Second Amendment community. All right. Moving forward. Caldwell. So I mentioned their lead sleds, which are great because if you want to make sure that you zero your gun in, you can use that lead sled. They have a bunch of different kinds. They have some that are a little less expensive, some that are a little bit more higher end. They all work really well. I've used them before. They have some where, you know, it's held down by sandbags, others where you put water in it, all kinds of options. So if you're looking to zero in your gun, definitely check that out. You can head on over to caldwellshooting.com. Don't forget to use the code gunfunny10, all one word. That's giving you 10% off your entire order. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. All right, today's Q&A. So actually, I brought this up because I wanted to talk about it. So June 1st has passed, which means that the brace ban is in effect now. But there was actually, I mean, there was a little bit of a win for us. And I wanted to bring this up because I think I have questions about it. A lot of people have had questions. But essentially, there was injunctions made that if you were a Firearms Policy Coalition member or Gun Owners of America member that you are exempt from this. Also, I'm sorry, and then if you also uh, purchased from Maxim Defense. Yeah, so in both of the cases, the GOA case and the FPC case, 
preliminary injunctions were granted. Unfortunately, so both, and th- this is something that's been really annoying me is, you know, since this has happened and, you know, GOA and FPC have both made the post that, hey, if you're a member, you're covered. You've got all these people that are like, oh, I now have to pay you guys to be a member to exercise my rights. Fuck you. And it, it's like, dude, they asked for a nationwide injunction. They are the people who are fighting this BS and you're being a dick about that. Mm-hmm. Come on. They asked for a nationwide injunction. Unfortunately, the judges didn't grant that. That is how judges usually operate. They usually keep injunctions to the small scope of what was covered in the plaintiffs of the case. So in this instance, we're actually very fortunate in how the judges ruled that the plaintiffs are uh, you know, applicable for these injunctions because they could have just said, only members that were members at the time it was filed. They could have said only members that were in the jurisdiction of the court in question. You know, they could have narrowed this even further, but the way that they worded it, and we've already got firearms attorneys that are arguing both ways. There's some of them that are arguing and saying, well, this really only applies to somebody who was a member when it was filed and in the Fifth Circuit. Well, There is no wording to that effect in either injunction. So it just says members. So as far as that goes, so do you think FPC, FPC and GOA are considering if you are a member, you are covered according to that. Do you think now, let's say if somebody wants to be a member today, are they going to be covered or do you think it should have happened before June 1st? Before June 1st would be the best. However, according to how they are treating it, the verbiage, become a member Hmm. because it gives you at least a little bit of added insurance. Yeah. Now, legally speaking, it would still be a good idea to take your brace off, keep it in a different area because they have conflicting documentation. In several of the things that they've put out, it says that you have to destroy or make it unable to be reattached. But then you have their POS director who said under oath in front of Congress that you can just take it off and you're fine. We don't care about the piece of plastic. And multiple presentations, FAQs and things like that from them as well, where they say, we do not regulate these pieces of plastic. You're free to still buy these pieces of plastic. We don't care because to them, it's just another accessory and they don't regulate the accessories. So to me, to cover yourself the best, take it off, keep it in a different area, a different safe or something, you know, but become a member because these are the guys that are fighting it. And, and you know, it's, that, it's, that is what's going to cover yourself the best. And plus, these lawsuits are not inexpensive, especially if they're no. going to hire good attorneys, which we need, because I've actually realized I've been doing a lot of thinking and, and kind of research on some of the the organizations and they'll bring forth these lawsuits, but they don't really hire the best attorney. So it's like, okay, cool. It looks good that, you know, oh, we just brought on this lawsuit. We're suing them. But I'm like, it doesn't really do anything if you're not getting the best attorneys and you're not winning these because then you're just wasting all of our money. Yeah. If you don't have a good attorney to argue the case and argue it well. And the thing is, when it comes to court cases, Judges are very particular in how they respond. If you don't outline things in the correct way, 
Yeah. You, you might have the merits of the case, but if you don't put the data in front of them in the right way, you're not going to win. So you got to have a good attorney. Yeah. All right. So FPC, the case for that one, it, it was June expedited. 29th. So it starts June 29th for the oral arguments. So yeah, hopefully we'll see some good come out of that, hopefully. But yeah, until then, I would say, I mean, for me... Personally, I'm taking off my braces just because I don't need to be used as an example, as more of like a public figure. But, you know, that's just because I don't I wouldn't be surprised if they showed up at my door. I have an FFL at my house and they're just like, oh, what are these braces? So it's like, eh, just to be safe, I'm taking mine off. I am a member of FPC GOA. I think that they do a lot of good in other states. They haven't really done a lot for Colorado. Like they didn't show up to any of the testimonies and stuff against the bills. Uh, So I'm a little like, eh, you know, but I've heard from other people in other states that they are, you know, the ones fighting the hardest. So I think it just depends on what state you are. But either way, I would say become a member of both or either or, you know, but it definitely helps. Yeah. Either one of them or both. And yeah, I mean, cover yourself. The ATF released a thing just yesterday, too, where they said that 255,000 were registered under this BS. Well, (laughs) that's hilarious. It's hilarious. I mean, in a way, it's sad that there's 255,000 idiots that were dumb enough to swallow that carrot and give them evidence that, hey, in your Mm -hmm. eyes, I've committed a crime. Please give me a free tax stamp that isn't really free Mm -hmm. because if I ever want to transfer it, I have to buy it again and transfer it again don't even get me started so i like i just went on you know i was at an event and there's a guy i'm not gonna like name him out very well known in the industry has a ton of guns and he said that he is having his assistant file all of his guns that have braces on it and he had like over 200 guns that had braces and he was like well whatever i you know the only reason why i haven't done this because i didn't want to pay and now it's free and i'm just like how are you in this gun industry and you're like a public figure and you're just giving in. And I was like so mad and I lost so much respect for him. But that's how people feel. And it's sad and just kind of gross that people are it, brainwashed to think this. Yeah, it was good to see that. I mean, we, we know that that number is not the three to four million that the ATF claimed. We yeah. know that it's more like 50 million yeah, plus. Exactly. So less than 0.6% fell for that. Yeah, crap. absolutely. So. All right, moving forward, IWI. Last fall, I got a Tavor X95, the SBR version, which I've wanted for a long time. The SBR version has a 13-inch barrel, and it's only 22.8 inches overall. It also comes with a modular Tavor pistol grip that you can swap for a standard pistol grip if you want. They have a new fire control pack compared to earlier Tavors with a five to six pound trigger pull. And the mag release is ambidextrous in a traditional AR-15 location. The forum comes with a Picatinny rail at three, six, and nine o'clock positions with removable rail covers. The charging handle has also been moved closer to your center mass for easier charge. I'm going to be adding the curved butt pad and Optimus forearm from Manicore Arms. I just need the time to change those out, but I'm really looking forward to doing that because I think it'll really give it just kind of a nice sleek look. If you want to check out IWI, 
head on over to IWI.us. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15. All one word, you're going to get 15% off anything in their web store. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Tacti Talk. So Ruger just announced another 5.7. It's the LC Charger. This one shares the same mags as the Ruger 5.7 and Ruger 5.7 carbine. They call it the Charger, but it's basically the carbine shortened to pistol length with a rail on the back. It has the same internals as both previous ones, so it's an internal hammer-fired action with an ambi safety. Unlike the Ruger 5.7 pistol, it has a full chassis, including full-length top rail and foreign with M-Lock slots like the carbine. It has a 10.3-inch barrel that's threaded so that you could suppress it. It has an ambi mag release with the left side oversized for right-handed shooters. The forend is just long enough for a hand stop on the bottom and accessories on the side. It has a nice external charging handle, and at the back of the gun, it has a rail to attach a stock if you SBR it. MSRP is $9.99. I think this one actually looks pretty cool. I would say it's probably the best of both worlds between the pistol and the carbine. Uh, 16 inch is longer than the optimal for the 5.7. Like a sub carbine like this is perfect. It's actually what the 5.7 was originally optimized for with the P90. So this is kind of a win-win. I haven't checked it out in person, just what I see online, but it looks pretty cool, I would say. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think this one is the one they should have done first. Because like, I've got the 5.7 pistol. I didn't get the uh, carbine. But the pistol, I actually converted to something very much like this. I bought a threaded barrel and... Oh, yeah. Actually, it's a fire control pack in the Ruger 5.7, just like a SIGS 320. And so you can actually install that in another frame. And so I actually put mine in a chassis that does basically exactly the same thing, but it's a little bit more difficult to do because you got to change out some stuff. And mine, obviously, being the pistol, starts out a little bit shorter than this. This is, I mean, this this gets you that optimal 10-inch barrel, which, you know, for the 5.7 is pretty much perfect. So... I think this is a pretty cool idea. I really like it. Mm-hmm. And 5.7 is just a lot of fun. So, yeah, agree. I, I think this one's going to be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as. F- Never mind. AF. Today's AF segment don't drop your phone in the lake. Do you want to talk about this one? <laughs> I saw this one and I was like, oh man, this guy. So there was a food inspector in India and he was trying to get a particular selfie near a lake. At, you know, it's a reservoir behind a dam. He dropped his phone in the lake. And then he asked divers to jump in and find his phone because it contains sensitive government data. They couldn't find it. So he asked to have the reservoir drained. Oh, my goodness. And so took three days using diesel pumps, and it pumped out, according to their numbers, 530,000 gallons of water. And you got to remember, India is a country where they have water shortages basically all the time, and especially good quality water. 
that amount of water is enough to irrigate, you know, like 1500 acres during the summer where they have no water. So that's an incredible waste. Mm -hmm. And he widely, widely criticized when this went viral because video of him with an umbrella over his head while this is draining got posted on social media. They, you know, kind of just skewered him for that. And, you know, well, he says, well, I had permission to do it and the water, it wasn't suitable for irrigation, which I have a hard time believing that. Mm -hmm. He did get his phone back, but of course it didn't work. Yeah, no kidding. How do you even (laughs) expect your phone to work after that? And why would, and the person who gave him permission? He did not have permission. He's lying on that. (laughs) So, but then he would, I would assume like, I mean, here in the U.S., if you wanted to pump out an entire reservoir that you would need a bunch of documents and people, like a a bunch of approval and stuff like that. So what even gives otherwise, like, why would people, you know, act on this? Like, why would they be so quick to jump? So there he basically said, I'm a government official. Do this. And in places in India, that has a big status symbol. So... Hmm. Yeah, basically, he just said, I'm a government official, do this. And they just snapped to. And culturally, that's a yeah. thing there. So, yeah. I actually, um, one thing I didn't know is I didn't realize that India had water issues. Because when I think of oh, India, yeah, I do think of it's like fairly green. And I do know that a lot of the water is like really highly polluted. I remember seeing stuff like that, but I didn't realize that there was like a drought going on. Well, it's a huge country. So parts of it have more than others. Quality of water is a big struggle there always. But there's parts of the country where in the summer they they have no water regardless. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Yeah. But yeah, (laughs) it, I mean, it's just incredibly selfish use of power. Absolutely. Yeah. And duh, your phone's not going to (laughs) work. Mm hmm. Franklin Armory. One of the binary triggers I'm most excited to try out is, especially with the cost of ammo these days, is the 22-C1 for the Ruger 1022. I really need to bite the bullet. I've been saying this now for like over a year. I need to bite the bullet yeah, and just really buy do. a freaking 1022. It's just, it's so hard for me to do it because when I first started in the gun industry, you can get one for like, what, like under $200 and now they're just like keep going up and it's just like, uh, but I just need to do it because I think most guns, you know, the price is just going to continue to go up. But I really want one now, especially with the 22 Plinkster edition, which is a drop in. So it's a lot easier to install. And I think that also I was kind of putting it off because I was like, uh, you know what? Like, I don't know that much about 1022s. I have to. It's probably fairly easy, but. I've heard that, you know, installing. It's easy if you know what you're doing. Yeah. And I don't on a lot of them, but it is not for the faint of heart. If you've never worked on one before, there's some tricks in how you can assemble it. Yeah. I don't know you. I wouldn't know those tricks. It's a royal pain in the butt. Like if you don't know those tricks, you're not going to get it together. Right. Yeah. But now, you know, thanks to Mr. 22 Plinkster himself, he's made it easier. 
Yeah. So I'm going to do it. If you guys want a binary trigger, which is a lot of fun, head on over to franklinarmory.com. Don't forget to use the code AVA. That's A-V-A. And you're going to get 10% off your entire order. As far as iTunes reviews go, there's no reviews. So if you haven't left one, please do so. It's always nice to know that you guys are actually listening, that I have listeners out there. And it's not just me talking to one or two people on the show. And that's about it. (laughs) I do appreciate all the reviews. And plus, it just helps kind of get the show up there where it'll show up in like the algorithm and it'll show up for, you know, in the suggested recommendation section. So we can bring on new listeners. So I greatly appreciate that. If you guys want to check out anything else, just head on over to gunfunny.com. There's links to everything. If you enjoy the show and you want to support it, consider becoming a Patreon. You'll get access to our patron only Facebook group. You'll also get a chance to win a $300 gift certificate from Blown Deadline, which does some of the most amazing Cerakote work in the industry. And then depending on your level of membership, I will also say your name on the podcast. And those, you have to be a $25 up Patreon. But those people are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Sake Holsters, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Calamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, Tristan Smith, and Melissa Ridings. And then, of course, king of the Patreon is Jon Snow. And John, I do appreciate that as always. And I appreciate you joining me for the second half of the show. Mercedes, she's not with us anymore on the show, but I do really appreciate everything that she's doing. I'm just like blown away by just her success. And it's so great to see that people... I'm not saying that you guys should drop out of high school, but I feel like back in the day you had more of a chance of success if you did drop out of high school. But like nowadays, it's like, eh, it's tough. You know, if you drop out of high school, you don't go to college. It almost seems like it's going to be hard to, you know, even harder to get ahead. But her story is just so inspiring. And I feel like the world needs more people like her. And she's just such a kind person. So if you guys are in Utah, definitely check out the Fellas Chop Shop. And like I said, she has multiple locations. So check out her website and find a location that's nearest you. And on that note, we are out of here and I will talk to you guys next week. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.